0: Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skiftstad.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Board Games Daily. <laughs> this is... Uh, Episode 183. It is Tuesday sometime in late August. I want to say it's the 27th, but I'm not totally sure yet. No, it's the 28th. Hey, how about that? Anyway, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for uh, coming on board with us. We've got a cool show coming up for you. We've got a topic Tuesday going on trading your games or not trading them. And we've got a little bit of some game night recaps from some of the guys that and much, much more. So stay tuned for all of that. Before we go into this show, though, I want to remind you, you can be a part of what we do. If you're listening on Anchor, you can support us through the listener support feature right there in the mobile app, or I'm sorry, on the desktop or the mobile browsers. And you can also uh, support us by going to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon, where you can find out where there's just all kinds of awesome, cool uh, promos and things like that for those folks who become a patron and uh, support us in that way. So check that out if you're interested. Of course, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can use the voice message feature on the Anchor app, which is super awesome because we can play your message right here on the show, which is super fun. Or if you go to theologyofgames.com slash bgd you can click the write the show button and fill out a little form there shoot us a message and we'll be glad to read it on the air for you all right that's all i've got for the intro let's jump into today's show and uh thanks for thanks for tuning in stay tuned for more here on board games daily powered by theology of games <laughs>
0: You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily. Today is Topic Tuesday. This is AJ Skifstad. I'm bringing you the topic this morning. And I want to talk a little bit about... Trading games and selling games, mostly trading games. So we're going to call this topic "To Trade or Not to Trade." As most of you know, if you've been in the gaming hobby long enough, uh, one of the best resources to go and find out about games, what's hot, what's not, um, based upon user ratings, um, is Board Game Geek website. Now it's a great website for many different reasons, and there are some many re- many good reasons why. Uh, this is not your best resource, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about why it's a good thing because I, I you know, we're not here to, to bash anybody. Um, you know, I think I think there are a ton of good things that Board Game Geek website does really well, and one of them is the trading uh, the trading mechanism that's on the not mechanism. What the heck? The uh, <laughs> just the trading feature. On Board Game Geek. I love it because I've traded probably upwards of 40 games now. And so I want to talk about it today because some of us sometimes might be hesitant about trading. There's no real legal system involved with trading over BGG's website. Um, You know, you propose a trade to somebody else and then they either accept or decline it. Um, And then you're just relying on them shipping... The item to you, and you shipping the item to them. So that could turn some people off to trading on BoardGameGeek. Another thing that might turn you off is the whole fact that you've got to ship the game. Well, let's say it's a game like, uh, well, let's say it's a thirty-dollar game, and it's a bigger box, and you got to pay ten bucks shipping, and maybe you're only getting a twenty-five-dollar game in return. You're thinking, I'm still, I, I paid a lot for this game already. And now I'm trading it and I'm paying $10 more to trade it to only get a $25 game. That's a $15, you know, value to you there. And it's like, uh, it's you're, you're kind of taking a hit in that respect. So maybe you don't want to do that. Um, there may be some other reasons why you're not interested in trading on BoardGameGeek. Maybe you like to sell your games straight out to people locally. Maybe you like to put them in a Facebook forum or something like that. Uh, and and try and trade them and sell them that way. Um, But I'm here to say I enjoy trading on uh, the BoardGameGeek website. In fact, I've never done any dealings with my board games outside of the BoardGameGeek website. And and here's why. I like the fact that when I go on BGG, I can... I can take my game that I want to trade, and I can put it up against all the games that I would trade it for. I don't have to just wait randomly for the right thing to come up on Facebook or something like that. I can just go ahead and type in, uh, I want to trade Splendor, and I do want to trade that, by the way. Anybody interested, let me know. Uh, I want to trade Splendor. For um, I'm willing to trade it for Azul I'm willing to trade it for Century Spice Road I'm willing to trade it for Sagrada And I can put those in And then I can see if there's any matches And then I can go ahead and propose the trade I can can decide how long I want that proposal to stay in limbo Um, Three days, five days That gives the user, the other user on the other end Time to respond And then they can respond They can either accept or decline Or they can counter offer Which is sometimes really good too so let's go ahead and say that, uh, maybe I'm trading those, uh, lower level games that the shipping, uh, really can kind of prohibit you or, or discourage you from wanting to make a trade. Well, they can come back with a counter offer that includes more games. And then if you're shipping more games and you're shipping bigger games and things like that, it, it the shipping goes down as the quantity of games goes up, not the actual price, but the, the, uh, i can't think of the right word here you're just not taking as much of a hit on shipping if you're doing more in the trade um so i really 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 like the trading mechanism or the trading feature if i say mechanism one more time uh, so i really like the trading feature i think it's really cool and if you haven't been on bgg to check it out it is a really really neat way to uh to get different games into your collection trade them in and out sometimes i just have games that are kind of floating games and what I mean by that is I just want to try them. So I trade for them and then, you know, they may not be games that I'm really gonna love and I might know this going in. So I just, I want to try them. So I play them and then I trade them trade them away. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a board game rental type of deal. Uh, obviously I had to go in and purchase a game that cost a certain amount of money so that I could have that floating game. But now, you know, you just pay the shipping and you're kind of renting a game and if you want it, you can keep it. So I've kind of got a couple that actually do that, Um, but yeah, I love it. So I want to hear from you, to trade or not to trade, what do you do? Let's hear from you. Check you later.
3: Hello there, it's Firestone here with Board Games FM, Board Games Daily, sorry, Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So uh, earlier, AJ brought up the topic of trading, specifically trading board games on the Geek. And I, like AJ, am a big fan of this. I think it's one of the coolest features of Board Game Geek. They have this vast database, and you can enter in all of the games you have for trade, and all of the games that you're looking for, and the software will cross-reference those and irrespective of values or anything, it will just give you a list of this person is looking for this game that you have for trade. And they have this game that you want for trade. And so I spend a lot of time looking at those because sometimes you can just find incredible things. And the, the value really is relative because I might be willing to give up more game for less, uh, uh, less value in a game for something that I'm really looking for. And if I'm, I really don't care about that game, the value is decreased for me and it might be vice versa for other people. Now that's not to say I don't always try and lowball people and, um, sometimes I give them great deals and sometimes they offer me great deals. And, um, but I've also gotten some just ridiculously crazy, uh, you know, suggestions for trades where I go, are you kidding me? Like, I understand that valuation is different but come on. I'm not going to trade this $100 game for this $20 game that's easily available. You're just crazy. I don't say it quite that meanly, but sometimes I get close because come on. Anyway, I have completed a lot of trades. Um, I have over 120. I have 120 rating on the Geek, which means I've done at least 120, and that's not counting the ones where other people didn't actually leave me feedback for whatever reason. So Over 120 trades, but I would say that it's tapered off in the last few years just because the cost of shipping is so high. I don't wanna trade a $30 game and then pay $14 for shipping. Part of me goes, that just doesn't make economic sense. Sometimes it does if I really wanna get rid of a game or if there's a game I really want, I still might do it. And I still do trades fairly often, but not as much as I used to. So it's just, it's more expensive and it's not worth it. Now, the post office has come out you know, this flat rate shipping can be a good deal. And they even came out with a, a a box for flat rate shipping. That is the shape of a large board game, like a monopoly size game. Um, so even their understanding that this is something that happens fairly often, but, um, just so stinking expensive. I've done a couple of in-person trades. In fact, I did one a month or so ago with a guy that lives down in Denver, which is about an hour away from me. And we met up at a Starbucks and this was uh, facilitated on the geek. Met up on at Starbucks, and I was giving him, like, I don't know, a dozen games, and he was giving me eight. So it was really worth my time to drive down there and not have to pay for shipping, and it worked out great for both of us. And I was able to get rid of a bunch of stuff that I just didn't care about anymore, and I got some, some fun stuff in, in trade. Um, as AJ alluded to, there's really no policing of it. Now, if, if you have proof that someone didn't follow through or something like that, I believe that the geek can... Um, shut down their account they can limit their number of trades and things like that but um yeah it's kind of done on faith and i have said to people i've had people want to do trades with me and they don't have any trade rating yet and i say okay just so you know i'm gonna wait until you ship me the this thing before i ship me my thing based on the fact that i have well over a hundred trades and good standing and you have never done it before so i don't have any any basis and no one else has traded with you you don't have any feedback so um, and most people are okay with that. One guy did give me some grief and acted like, um, well, I have a bunch of, I have great trade rating on eBay. Okay, great. I'm not on eBay. So, uh, we can not do this or do this, but I'm waiting for you. I've only had one, uh, that experience I would call bad. And that was, um, I was trade. this was probably eight years ago. I was trading away Stevenson's rocket, which was an out of out of print Rainer Knizia game. I think it's coming back in print or is in, back in print, but um, it's a decent train stock game that I thought was pretty good, but I just didn't play it very often and it was going for quite a bit of money. So I um, I offered a trade for, for um, Small World and a bunch of expansions with it and other things, and the guy was super particular. He really wanted to know what condition is Stevenson's Rocket in, And it did have like a, a, a ding on one of the corners and I took pictures of them and I sent them to this guy. I was completely straightforward with everything that, um, that I, the condition of the game. Okay. And he, we went forward with it. So I send my game off to him and I don't, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Um, finally I get my small world stuff back and the small world has a big scrape all across the cover of it that was not done in shipping because there was plenty of packing material. So this was something that was there before and he didn't disclose it even though he's super particular about the condition of my game. That bugged me. What also bugged me is he waited until my game got there and then shipped uh, Small World back to me in my own box. This despite the fact that I had twice as many uh, trades as he did and so I I don't and my game was the one that was out of print small world was in print still in print anyway that one really bugged me so I did leave him um less than positive feedback because that was just garbage and I've looked at some of his other feedback and he's done similar things to other people where um there'll be a big gash on the side of the box and he just doesn't say anything about it and so anyway there's crazy stuff like that I don't understand but other than one instance in 120 trades that's it. So that's a good rating to me. And if you can get a good trade, it's one of my favorite f- features of the Geek and they don't get anything out of it. If you sell something on the Geek, they take um, a, you know, a little bit off the top to pay for it, but they don't get anything out of trades. It's just, it's just for the good of the users. And I love it and I use it all the time and I'm a big fan of trading. So this has gone way too long. Let's stop talking about trades, but you should talk about trades. What's your experience? What do you think about them? let us know and we'll talk to you later bye
1: all right so i'm going to weigh in on this whole topic tuesday thing and interestingly enough here's i don't have a whole lot to say because i think trading games is great i've done a few trades on the geek um i think it's it's a good thing you know if there's games that you just know you're not going to play anymore or maybe didn't live up to the expectations or whatever um, and you can turn that into a game that you do like, or you are hopefully going to enjoy. I think it's a great thing. Um, here's the, here's the logistical thing about it though. And the thing that I've noticed is, you know, I went through a, a, a patch there where I had a, a pretty sizable pile of games that I was like, I'm I'm just not going to play these. I should trade them off. And so I, you know, I've got my whole thing cataloged on the geek and, wanted to, you know, go and do do some trades and I was looking for a couple of games that I really wanted. And one, if somebody replied, they never were up for it even though I was very very fair, if not overly fair to them in my request. And two, 95% of the time nobody ever even responded. Now, here's the thing. I'm probably doing the same thing to people myself because board game geek doesn't email you there's no like message sent to you when somebody proposes a trade the only way you can find out is if you actually log into the site and then the messages show up there i that drives me crazy i don't go on to the geek every day. I know that's a surprise. I know that's shocking, but I just don't. Um, it's not a part of my normal daily browsing. It's hard to do from my phone. I do 90%, if not more of my web browsing and things, um, via my phone. And it's just not conducive to that. There's not a really a good app for it, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I like trading games. I wish I could do more of it because I could, I would be able to get a hold of games that I really want that I don't have, but uh, it just doesn't logistically. It's just not easy. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me as well. Now I did do, I think AJ mentioned the, the flea market thing. Uh, one of our local game stores does a flea market where you go in, you, you price the games, people buy them and then you get store credit for them, which was cool. Um, I actually ended up turning most of that into prizes to give away at our origins booth this year. So, um, you know, maybe in the long run, it didn't work out so great for me. It worked out great for everybody else. But (laughs) uh, anyway, uh, that was a cool option and, you know, something I'll probably look at in another year or two here when I have a a good chunk of games that I want to offload. But um, I don't know, what do you guys think about trading games? Uh, let us know, use the voice message feature on app, on the Anchor app, or go ahead and hit us up on theologyofgames.com slash BGD. Let us know what you think about trading off your games.
2: All right, so welcome back. This is AJ Skifstat again. I'm gonna talk about what the game group played this Monday night see if you guys are interested in any of those games or haven't heard of them. Uh, These were older games this week, so hopefully you've heard of most of these. The first game, well, I'll start by saying I had asked about 15 people to this game night because my regular game group just bailed, so I have a bunch of other people who like to play games but don't typically come over on Monday nights, and I started inviting all of them too. Nobody could make it, so it just ended up being me and one other guy. And we weren't interested in playing uh, uh, two-player games. We were interested, excuse me, just uh, player versus player. We were interested in playing games that, you know, might play more players, have a little bit more depth to them than some regular uh, 1v1 games. And um, so we did. Uh, He actually was able to pick up a game uh, called Smash Up by AEG Games. Paul Peterson is the uh, creator, designer of that game. And he's done so much other stuff too. Um, really, really good designer. And Smash Up has been around for probably I would say probably five to six years now, maybe maybe even longer. Um, it's a it's a really fun game. It's it's nice entry level game where you're gonna take uh, you, you've got all these faction decks: wizards, gnomes, tricksters, uh, ninjas, pirates, ghosts. Um, Flesh eating plants, all these, t- and, then, and then thousands of expansions with thousands of decks. And that was an exaggeration, probably about more like the hundreds. In any case, what you do is you take two decks and they do a lot of cool different things. You have minions and actions in your decks. And out in front of you you're going to have these uh, barricades or forts that you're going to be trying to break down and they've got uh, they've got a defense. And so your minions all have an attack value and you're going to be either pl- you're going to be playing a minion and an action on your turn and then you're going to draw two cards. So you can go ahead and play a minion out to one of these forts and once you reach the breakpoint of that fort or whatever that that building is Then you're going to score points on that building. There's a first place winner and a second place winner. So you can play minions at the same place that somebody else plays a minion. And you have to outbeat them with your minion strength so that you can get the highest score. And every barricade or fort or whatever they're called does something a little bit different when you take it down. So they're cool because... The game changes depending on what's out in front of you. Each minion also has some sort of action that's associated with it or a special ability. And then action cards, some will let you play like two minions on a turn instead of one. Some will let you draw up more cards. It's a really light, fun game. I've explained it in just about four minutes there or less. Wow. Yeah, probably three minutes. So I really liked it. We had a lot of fun playing it. First player of 15 points ends the game, not necessarily wins the game. Uh, I love. I-, I like it a lot. I'm not going to say I love it. I like it a lot. I can play it as a nice little filler. It takes about 20 minutes to play. Um, I like it. Smash up. Check it out. It's bright. It's nice looking. It's fun to play. Then we uh, made a switch to a game by Renegade Games called Fuse. Now, Fuse reminded me a lot of Escape because you're rolling dice to get combinations of things you need to defuse bombs. You're gonna have two, uh, I guess, bombs in front of you and two bombs in front of all the other players. And you're gonna to have to come up with certain dice combinations to uh, defuse those bombs. But you're only allowed to pull so many dice from a bag and roll them on your turn. You have 10 minutes to do it within uh, to diffuse all the bombs that are out in the tableau in front of you as well as the ones that are directly in front of you and you win the game. And so you're going to pull a certain number of dice from the bag, depending on how many players are in the game. And then players have to select from those dice to grab over to the bomb that they're trying to defuse. Now, maybe the bomb you're trying to defuse needs a uh, a red dice and a black dice to equal the number seven. So throughout your rolls, you're going to have to grab maybe a two red and then a five black. And once you do that, you can go ahead and defuse that bomb and grab a new bomb from the tableau. And as soon as all the cards in the deck and the tableau are are done, you win the game. It sounds easy. It's really hard because there's lots of different ways that you defuse bombs. Sometimes you have to stack dice, and if the dice fall over, you have to put them back into the bag. Sometimes you have to create a pyramid of dice with certain numbers and certain color combinations. If the pyramid falls, some of them go back in the bag. So it was a really fun game, reminded me a lot of Escape by Queen Games. Um, Just a more kind of streamlined um, version of it. And we had a lot of fun playing it. I I really liked it. We ran it back two times. And so, really good game. And finally, we played Castles of Burgundy. Um, I've already gone five minutes, so I'm not going to talk too much about Castles of Burgundy. It's a Steffenfeld game. It's my favorite Steffenfeld game. I like it better than anything else. Trajan is a close second. Um, You know, but I just... I just don't think anything quite compares to this one. I love it. So if you haven't checked out Castles of Burgundy, it's old enough now that you need to, and it's good enough that you need to check it out. That was my game night. What did you guys play on Monday? Anything? We'll be hearing from Scott very soon about what he's going to play tonight. Check you later.
3: Hey folks. Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by Theologyofgames.com. AJ earlier said, hey, hopefully we'll hear about hear from Firestone about his game night. And believe me, I would love to, to tell you about what I'm hoping to play tonight, but um, my father-in-law actually had hip replacement surgery a couple of days ago, and so my wife went down to help out with that, help out her mom, and uh, just help him get around and all that stuff as he's recovering. So no game night for me tonight but uh this weekend my my youngest and i did play a couple games well we finished merchants and marauders we we played it um over the course of a week and um ended up finishing it and i won but it's one of those games where i i enjoyed it i really like the mechanisms but it's not great with two it didn't seem great with two Basically, he stayed on one side of the board. I stayed on the other side of the board. I ended up getting a couple bounties. And mostly it was just because I wanted to see what happened. I wanted to, you know, hey, let's see what what this does and how this affects the game. And the the country I had a a bounty with, Spain, their ship came in way over on the other side of the board. And so I never even felt like I was um, in any kind of danger or anything. So I ended up winning, but I just think more players to create more interaction and more chances for you to raid people or for people to raid you or to send ships after you or whatever, I just think it needs more of that interaction. So two was okay, but we just stayed on our own sides and didn't really affect each other much and it was just kind of, it was fine. But I really, I'm anxious to play this with more people. So then the other thing we played was um, Unfair from Simon. They just funded an expansion for this on Kickstarter, and that'll add way more uh, variability to the game. But basically, it's a game kind of like Smash Up, where you take two quote-unquote factions, and in this case, themes for an amusement park, and you mash them together, uh, you combine all the decks, and then you're going through this deck and each trying to build the best theme park and it has these these themes underlying it so that, that the rides have thematic names and you're just trying to create the best one. And so we ended up playing Vampires and Jungle. So this a theme park had these two themes underlying it. And so you might have a haunted house or a freak show or a jungle ride or a, a park or things like that. And um, basically it's a it's got a lot of take that which is I'm not a big fan of and the themes are they're interesting but I in some ways I feel like they're pasted on in the sense that I'm guessing that every one of the parks has some kind of a roller coaster with a different name for each theme but it's functionally the same thing and so you're not actually playing a different game you're playing the exact same game over and over with different names for the attractions and things that that match up with that theme. So I I'm not sure about that. I'd have to look. And I know that that some of the cards do have special powers and things like that. But again, even those didn't feel special. One of one of the things I got, um, I could add a jungle theme to a roller coaster to any attraction for free as an as an um, it, it just took the action. It didn't cost anything to do it. Okay, but that's not really thematic. There's no reason that a jungle theme would have that. It was just that's what we're going to do for this card. So I'm tempering that with my th- son's incredible enthusiasm for this game because he really likes Unfair, and I'm not sure why. But um, he really has a lot of fun. I think he loves the surprises of the events that come out, and being able to play things on each other and a little bit of take that. You know, kids like that a lot. And um, so I'll keep playing it with him. But I'm, there's a part of me that goes, I don't think there's as much variety here as it um, wants you to believe. So not sure about that. Let me know what you think about Unfair and Merchants and Marauders. And unfortunately, that's all I'm going to have to talk about for game night because I won't have one tonight. Boohoo me. Hey, have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
1: All right. That's going to do it for yet another episode of Board Games Daily. Thanks for tuning in again. We love it when folks are part of the show by heading over to theologyofgames.com slash BGD. Fill out that form on the right, the show form. And you can be a part of the show. Tell us about what you think about trading games. Okay. Uh, also, don't forget, you can find us on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, there's actually a Snapchat out there somewhere, but we don't do much with it yet. So, you know, if you want to add us there, cool. Uh, also, uh, if you are listening, whether you're it's on Anchor or iTunes or Spotify or Google or, I don't know, there's like 12 or 15 places you can be listening to the show at, we would love it if you give us a rating and a review. That would be super, super awesome. Also sc- subscribing is awesome. Cause then you know exactly when we release an episode, which is like every day. Also um, that's super great. And if you really enjoy the show, it'd be cool if you would share it with your friends, let them know what we're up to and, uh, how they can find us and all of that stuff. So, all right, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening for my co-hosts, AJ Skifstad, Scott Firestone. I'm Jeremiah Isley. Thanks for listening. And until tomorrow, I hope you get to play a game. We'll see ya.
0: Thanks for joining us today.